She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys. It's your girl, Merry Christmas. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Ah, I love Christmas. You guys, I got up so early this morning, and I always get up early, as you know, and I was just sitting with God's Word in front of me. So many thoughts, so many thoughts about what's going on in the world, so many thoughts about Jesus and the gift of His birth. I was super overwhelmed. I have been overwhelmed all day, so (laughs) if I cry during the show or whatever, like... That's kind of why, but welcome to the show today. We are going to talk about the fact that we are given, just like Mary, things to carry for the spirit of the living God. However, when we do accept them, accept the role, there will always be a Herod. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you can catch me after the break and we will get into just the meat of Luke one and Matthew two as well. So what's happening in my life? Okay. So there's like talk of all these supply chain issues or whatever this year. I don't know. I, we just got kind of scared, not scared. We were not scared. Okay. But it was like, maybe we should try to get our gifts for our children early. Right. I'm like running around and like my husband loves to buy Christmas presents for our children. He loves to buy them early and we already have like, it's like brand new December, right? We already have all of these presents under the tree because, first of all, you can get a present in like two hours. Like, thank you, Amazon. But also, you know, my husband, I feel like the Black Friday deals are like three weeks before even Thanksgiving. And so I'm looking at all of our presents or whatever, and our children are so bad at picking up a gift and saying, I know what this is. I know what this is. Like my son, my 13-year-old son, Jude, we have banned him from picking up his presents because he picks up his presents and he immediately says, this is what this is. My daughter, I bought her, Haven, I bought her a gift yesterday and we were like walking around outside and she's carrying the gift. Like she told my husband, she knows exactly what it is and she's carrying the present, even though it's wrapped and she actually doesn't know. Actually, she got it right. She, she did guess it is, it is what she thinks it is, but she's carrying around as if like it's, we've already given it to her. Right. And then there are some of my children that get it totally wrong. Okay. Moses has this little, it's like a, it's like a box and we just watched the elf. So, you know, that scene where the elf is like twirling the side of the, the box and then the Jack, Jack in the box pops out of it. Apparently that made an impression on his life because he is convinced that this one present that is wrapped, completely wrapped, you cannot see what it is, is a jack in the box. I like when he said, I know exactly what this is, mom. I'm like, okay, what is it? A jack in the box. I'm like, no, 
<laughs> no, that I first of all, I didn't even know you knew what that was because it's kind of an old school toy. Uh, I didn't know you wanted a jack in the box, but that's definitely not what that toy is because we did not purchase it. So Moses is allowed to pick up his gifts and shake them because he always gets it wrong. He never knows what's in there. But Haven and Jude have a lot of street smarts and they always get it right and drives us nuts. So they're not allowed to shake their presents. Anyway, it's a stupid rule in our house. Um, Because I was thinking about this and about how we get, we guess things wrong And we assume things wrong so much, whether it's about people, whether it's about gifts, whether it's about whatever, we will look at a person and we will be so judgmental of them that we label them, uh, you know, I don't know, something. And they're nothing like that. Okay. We will look at an opportunity that God gives us. That is a gift because he knows where it's going and we will judge it immediately because it's not up to our standards. I thought about how we get it wrong so often, just watching Moses try to guess his presence. How often does God give us an opportunity and we're like, "Mm, I'm going to say no to that because it's not up to my standards. When you've been praying for a breakthrough, you've been praying for God to lead you. You've been praying for God to do something supernatural in your life. God gives you an opportunity that doesn't really look like what you prayed for, but you don't know that that opportunity is going to lead you to what you prayed for. I think of this like with people. We look at people and we judge them based on whatever. Whatever doesn't agree with us, we judge them. And we don't really know that if we could get past our own judgment, we might find one of the best friends that we have ever had. You just don't know when you label something, one thing or another, how you steal really from your own life. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about (laughs) Moses looking at the, thinking we bought him a Jack in the box. Where do you even buy that? Like maybe you would buy it at Cracker Barrel, I guess, because Cracker Barrel has kind of those old school toys or whatever, but he's so convinced you guys, he is so convinced that this present is a Jack in the box. And to be honest with you, I don't even know what it is. I totally forgot. I think one of the kids wrapped the present, so I don't even know what it is. But he's so convinced that that's what it is, that when he opens it up and he sees that it's something that he actually wanted, because we buy our kids, you know, what they request, what they ask for, he's going to think, wow, I got this so wrong. It's just on my heart today. You know, sometimes I think we we can um, look at situations that God gives us, opportunities that God gives us, maybe wait a time period, a waiting period that God allows us to go through, maybe even a trial that God allows in our life. And we look at it and we size it up and we label it and we put a stamp on it. And it's one thing to us. But we don't actually realize that in that little package of a weight or in that little package of a person is actually what we've been asking for all along. Well, that was, it's just so simple. But be careful, y'all, how you size up opportunities 
that God gives you when you've been praying for something. Make sure you're tuned in to the spirit of the living God. Make sure you're tuned in to what he is telling you because Moses is getting it so wrong. It's hilarious. Now, Jude, on the other hand, he's an expert. I think he has x-ray vision. I don't really know. I just think in the world where everything is so polarizing, it's so, oh, you're this, oh, you're that, oh, you're this, or you're that. Be careful, you guys. Be careful because you might just call it a jack-in-the-box when it's really something that you've asked for. Oof. I feel like that's good today. All right. Uh, Catch me after the break. We're going to talk about Herods, the Herods in our life. I'll catch you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, buckle up. This is going to be a good one. I love, 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 love this word. Now, the first part of this, listen. You might have heard it before, okay? If you have, great. The second part, hopefully I'm going to put a little bit different spin uh, on what we're talking about. Sometimes I feel like, you know, Christians, I was listening to a podcast and he's like, Christians read the Bible way too much like Christians. And I was thinking, where is he going with this? And then he said, Christians should read the Bible like humans. And I was like, oh yeah, I really like that. That's so good. But maybe you've heard this. Maybe your pastor has talked about this. I actually hope that he has, or your leader or whoever, your minister or whoever's in your life that's speaking into your life. But the second part of this message, hopefully you haven't heard before. I want to tell you this, the spirit of God wants you to carry something for him. Okay. The spirit of God wants you to carry something for him. Now, listen, we, we look at, um, I've got lots of scriptures for you today. We look at Mary and we look at her and how amazing she is. And we, we celebrate her as we should. She had one of the hardest assignments this side of heaven. She is absolutely unbelievable and very respected in in my book and certainly yours as well. Okay. We can all agree with that. But I, I realized years ago, as I was reading this scripture about the Christmas story, which by the way, I read every single year, 
I realized how God wants all of us to carry something that is placed inside of us via the Holy Spirit. If you are here, he's got something that he wants to accomplish through your life. Okay. You are not just here on accident. There are actually things that he will ask you to carry. Now I carried two of my children and I emotionally carried the other two for years and years and years. God had asked us to carry four children in our family. Okay. God asked me in 2003 to carry a ministry. He asked me to birth a ministry. His spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to create a ministry that spiritually challenges the way people think. There's been lots of things that he's asked us to carry. A lot of people don't know that Eddie and I took care of Eddie's mom for 10 years. That was something that the spirit of God told us, I want you to do. And we did it. It's something that we carried until her passing in 2019. Listen, the spirit of the living God has things that he is telling you he wants you to carry as well. Let's go for the practical reading of God's word. And I want to talk to you about the fact that Jesus asked Mary to carry the Christ child. And I want to hopefully bring this part portion of the message home to you. And I hope it makes sense to you. Now in the sixth month, Luke 1, 26, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. I I just, oh, I might do a message on this here in a couple of weeks. It's just very interesting to me that Joseph, who was not biologically related to Jesus, was one of the descendants of David. Oh, that is so good, you guys. I got to come back to it. Oh my goodness. All the rabbit trails are forming in my head of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, okay? And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation and the, uh, this was, and the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus for he will be great. Oh, isn't he great? Isn't he great? That prophetic word about Jesus. Oh my goodness, men. And all the people said, amen. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. Yes, yes, we, we do call him that. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Listen, every king has a king and that king's name is Jesus. Every king has a king, guys. So if you don't like what's going on in the world right now, you need to recognize this. Every king 
has a king and my king's reign will never end. The angel of the Lord said to her, Okay, hold on. I got too excited. I skipped a verse. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Now, this is what I want to kind of bring bring to your attention. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived in her a son in her old age. And she who has been called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. And I'm going to round out this portion. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be according to your word. And the angel departed her. Now, listen, Mary was visited by the angel and he said, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and he's going to conceive in you the Christ child. And that was her ask of the Lord, the Christ child. You're not going to be asked to carry the Christ child, okay? So you're going to mark that one off your list. Jesus already came. He resurrected and he lives. But I can tell you in my life specifically, there has been multiple times when the Spirit of God has come upon me and and spoke to me in a knowing way, like, Autumn, this is what I want you to do for me. And he conceives a vision in me about what he has for me. Now, if all this, if all this wording is getting too weird for you, I'm sorry, but go with me on this. The Spirit still speaks to us and has plans for us today. He still conceives things in his children to do for his name. Mary was the highly favored, blessed and highly favored woman that God chose to carry the Christ child. But I know that he has more than likely spoken to you, maybe even conceived something in you that he wants you to carry for his name. We have, my husband and I, I I say that we were talking this morning, we've almost been married 18 years. That just seems so long to me, 18 years. (laughs) Yesterday I went, I went through in and out, you know, to get my daily Diet Coke. And the lady's like, I, I had to drive my daughter's car yesterday. And she said, are you, are you, where's your car? No, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I guess people that work through the drive-thru, they notice your cars and they like recognize your cars. Like, of course I probably would too. She's like, oh, you're in a different car. And I'm like, no, I'm in my daughter's car. And she said, you have a daughter old enough to drive. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that. But I just started thinking about that. I'm like, I, I can't even believe that we have a daughter old enough to drive and we've married almost 18 years. So when I say we, over the past almost 18 years, God has asked Eddie and I to do a lot of things. Now, it comes in a knowing form where the Spirit of God will speak to me and say, or speak to him and say, This is what I have for you. 
And then there's typically a wait. There's typically a period of wait where God develops his plan and what he's asking us to do. There's often a period of confusion where we're like, are you actually saying this? <laughs> Confirm it because we don't want to get it wrong. There's there's often a period of, of waiting, of confusion, of doubting, you know, the whole thing. And then we resolve it and we come to a place of, yes, God actually wants us to do this. And let me tell you something. When we go through the process of, did we hear this? You conceived this word in us via your spirit. We know what you got. We know you are speaking to us. When we go through the doubt, the waiting, the confusion, we just went through this period and I was confused for an entire year. You guys should read my Bible. It's really funny. I'm like, God, I'm so confused. What are you saying? Questioning, confirmation. When we get to a point of peace where we're like, yeah, this is it. This is the next thing that God is saying to us. Let me tell you this, guys. If Satan cannot stop you in the process of that conception to giving birth to that thing, he is going to come after it hardcore after it is born. He's going to come after it. I want to read for you in Matthew and, and just so you guys know, the Christmas story is located in Luke and Matthew. I just, I'm shocked by that. I don't know why John and Mark are like, nah, virgin birth, no big deal. We're not going to write about it. I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't do it. I'm, I'm like shocked every year. Anyway, I want to read to you and talk about Herod wanting to take what God wants you to carry and birth for his name. Listen to this. We talked about this last week, but I'm going to bring in a, a different point to it. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, he was an evil king, guys. He was not a nice guy. Okay. Boo, Herod, boo. Thumbs down. Okay. Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Listen, 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 listen. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was evil. He was an evil king, guys. He was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. He was troubled. Why was he troubled? Oh, they called him the king of the Jews because he knew that the king of the Jews would threaten the fact that he was sitting as the king of the Jews. Jesus, he thought, was going to come and challenge him. Okay. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what was written. And we talked about this last week, but I am going to read it just for context. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are you by no means the least among the leaders of Judah? For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact place the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report him to me so that I may come and worship him. He lied. He lied. Satan is the father of lies. And uh, Herod is definitely showing who he serves right here. After hearing the king, 
verse 9. They went their way. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and took over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child marry his mother and fell on the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God, listen, the wise men were listening to the Lord in a dream, not to return to Herod. The Magi left for their own country by another way. Now listen, now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the uh, what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Our, uh, out of Egypt, I have called my son. When Herod saw, listen, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew, steal, kill, destroy all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity, sorry, from two years and older, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. This part of the Christmas story, not so cute, guys. (laughs) It's not so great. It's not so whimsical. But it is important that we understand Jesus is our hope. And every horde of Hades was trying to destroy Jesus before he even did his first miracle. I want to tell you, if God has asked you to do something, carry something. I want you to hear me, hear your sister say, there will always be a Herod to come in and try to destroy that thing. He's going to try through the wise men. He's going to try through his own men. He is going to try to destroy whatever it is that God is asking you to carry. This has happened to me hundreds of times. Autumn, I want you to start a ministry. The spirit of God said to me, okay, great. Well, then I have to face my insecurity, my doubt, my lack of resources, my lack of opportunity, my lack of people that I know. All all of those things represent a Herod in my life. If I was to listen to any of those things, if I was to listen to my insecurity, if I was to listen to my doubt, if I was to listen of my lack of faith at times, if I was to listen to other people and their stupid comments, if I was to listen to all of those people, I would become my own Herod and stop 
the process of carrying and uh, maturing the very thing that the Spirit of God has asked me to carry. There are going to be people, listen to your sister, guys. I love you, which is why I'm talking about this. There are going to be people in your life that don't understand what God's asked you to carry. They don't understand what you're choosing to do. They don't understand the fact that, you know, it looks like you have your life all planned out and then God comes in and wrecks it and says, no, I want you to go into ministry. They don't understand the fact that maybe you're 45 years old and you want to have your fifth kid. They don't understand the fact that, you know, you, you want to sell everything and become a missionary. There are going to be Herods throughout your life. When God asks you, appoints you, anoints you to do something that will not get it. And they will try being influenced by, there's no better way to say it, the evil one to get you to stop carrying that thing that has been conceived in you by the spirit of the living God. I'm passionate about this because I think we're at a point where we need to realize that there are Herods everywhere, especially when we're carrying something so precious. And sometimes that Herod is you. Sometimes you're the biggest barrier to the greatest blessing that God has given you. When you listen in to the doubts, when you listen in to the fears, when you listen in to the everyone saying don't do it, when you listen in to really well-meaning people that just give you bad advice because God didn't tell them to do what he asked you to do. When you listen to all the voices, when you're obsessed with social media comments, when you're obsessed with how is this going to look, sometimes you become your own Herod. I just feel so strongly that there are people that are listening today. I believe that this is one of those God's word is always anointed, but I just believe this is one of those things that God has conceived something in your heart via the Holy Spirit. And I know you're listening. I'm just going to speak to you like I would if we were having coffee with half and half and two splinters in it, which is how I drink it. I'm just going to speak to your heart today. Stop the doubting. You know what the Spirit of God has conceived in you and ask you to carry. Stop the doubting. Stop the needing 1,500 confirmations. You know what God has said. Stop asking everybody what they think. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Isn't it interesting that Mary never went to anybody for advice? She actually concealed the pregnancy for six months. And then she went and she hung out with Elizabeth, who is her cousin. Let the Lord encourage your heart alone in this thing. When those insecurities and those lack, that lack of faith and those doubts and those needing to be confirmed 15 different ways, when you surrender all of that stuff to God, he really does remove those things. 
the last couple of years have put us all through a crazy mental whatever. And I want to tell you, as if I was having coffee with you today, don't stop the biggest blessing that God wants to give you because of things that are overcomable by the power of God. What is it that God's asked you to carry? Lean into that. Blindly trust. Sometimes we just have to say, I have no idea, God. I do not even, what, I have nowhere. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to cry and just say, I just don't throw your hands up and say, you do it. There was an entire year of my life that that was my main prayer. I don't know, God, you're going to have to do it. I just don't know. God, you're going to have to do it. I think God was annoyed. Uh, I, 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 uh, God was not annoyed. I felt like God might have been annoyed by me, but you know what? Eventually, he did it. He answered that prayer of mine. Lean into it, guys, and understand that there is an enemy out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy anything that God is asking you to carry. Be aware, press on, press through, because he is a defeated foe. Okay, guys, to end this out, I, I do have one final thought. God always protected Jesus. He always protected Jesus. Whether it was him appearing to the wise men in a dream, which we know the, the wise men, let me, let me find it for you so you, so you have the text. Matthew 2, 12 says this, and having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Listen. Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and I, I was just told by one of our producers, he got up and in her version of the Bible says that night and took the child up. Uh, my Bible says that too. And his mother, while it was still night and left for Egypt and he remained there until the death of Herod, this was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through a prophet out of Egypt, I've called my son. I want to tell you this. Yes, Herod might be after that thing that God has asked you to carry, but just like God protected Jesus and spoke to everyone involved to protect Jesus, to Magi, go another way. Joseph, I want you to flee. I want you to flee to Egypt. I want you to remain there until Herod is gone. God will tell you, show you how to protect that thing that he's asked you to carry. He is faithful all the way through. He doesn't just give us something to carry and then leave us and forsake us. He is faithful all the way through. So if you're leaned in and you're listening and you're aware of what he's speaking, he will enable you, help you, give you the provision and the counsel to protect that thing that Herod is trying to take away from you. Okay? 
That was my one final thought. Love y'all. I'll see you after the break for a question from one of y'all. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, here we go. Hope you loved that. That was like a Bible sandwich for you. I've got a question for you guys. The name's not here, but we have a lot of questions about holiday traditions. Maybe you guys have seen that I'm super traditionally focused over here. With gifts and all the holiday traditions we do, how can we keep a constant focus on Jesus? How do you highlight the sacrifice of Jesus throughout the holiday season? Love this question. Listen, I stop studying everything I'm studying through the month of December and go to the Christmas story. And I read it myself every year. And I ask the spirit of God to, I ask the spirit of God to speak to me. And I ask the spirit of God to reveal things about the Christmas story that maybe I had not seen in years past. I've, I've been studying it for several messages that I'm doing next week. And I'm already, I, uh, it's like, I'm looking at it through fresh eyes every single year from Thanksgiving to Christmas day. I read the Christmas story and Luke and, and Matthew and in Isaiah and in the minor prophets. I just, I look up all the texts about it because you guys, without Jesus being born, I wouldn't have the show. I wouldn't have anything in my life. Jesus is the reason I am here. So I just really devote my entire December month to studying the Christmas story. And it is beloved by me. All the different aspects are so important. So that's how I highlight the sacrifice of Jesus throughout the holiday season. Let me pray us out. Lord, we love you today. We love you. And God, you are just so good. You're so good. You're great. You are great. You are, you are the son of the living God. You are the most high. You are the great counselor, father. You are my father. You are the prince of peace. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I just, I thank you for everyone right now that is listening 
that is leaned in, that is hearing, oh my goodness, God has asked me to carry something. I know that I know it. And I feel like I'm talking myself out of it. I feel like I am my own Herod. God, I pray for those people even right now. God, I ask for your peace to overwhelm them. I ask for your peace and your direction and your clarity to overwhelm them. I ask, Lord, that you would do an incredible work in their heart, that they would find security, complete security in the fact that you are protecting and will protect that thing that you've asked them to carry. And Lord, we love you so much. And I thank you for this season that we can always have hope. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.